So anyway, if you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, Luke chapter 1, I know that sounds strange. We've been in Ephesians so long, it seems like I open up my Bible and it immediately goes to Ephesians. But today we're looking at a Christmas message. Uh, and then on Christmas Eve, I'm preaching a message entitled, uh, What a Strange Way to Save the World. That if I was God, I, I would have I chose maybe chose a different way and what a, what a strange way to save the world. And, and listen, let me tell you something about Christmas. God didn't send his son into the world uh, just so that we could have a season to where we give each other gifts or we go deeper into debt and we have parties, we sing some carols, we parachute in on a Christmas Eve ser service and we parachute out. God sent his, his son into the world to have a relationship with him, that, that there's, that, that to have an intimate, life-breathing relationship with him. And so I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled, I wish you a merry, M-A-R-Y, I wish you a merry Christmas. And you'll understand in a few minutes why I entitled it that. But, my, but the title is, is I wish you a merry Christmas. And so Luke chapter 1, verse 26, here's what the scripture says. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph and the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And so the question is, when I read that, is God arbitrary in the people he chooses? Is God arbitrary in the people that he chooses to use? And so the Bible would say this, the Bible would say this, that God is looking for people to use. That God desires to use people is what the Bible tells us. And so if you'll just be usable, if you'll be usable and available, I promise you God desires to use you. But the problem a lot of times is, is there's a lot of people that say, well, wait a minute, God can't use me. Uh, whether it's because my past is too dark, you don't know the things that I've done, or, or I haven't arrived yet, I'm not perfect enough, um, I, I, I don't think God can use me. But the Bible says this, the Bible says God is, use, is looking for people to use, and God desires to use you. And so I want to look at this issue of Mary, and just, just this, this Merry Christmas, or, or this person that desired to to, to, to do God's will. And so when you look at Mary's life, you realize what was special about Mary is Mary was ordinary. I mean, she was an ordinary person that God used in an extraordinary way. Now, just so we're clear that the Bible never tells us that, that Mary was without sin or that Mary was perfect or that we pray to Mary or, or we worship Mary or any of those other things. The fact is, the Bible never speaks about that, never talks about that. But what the Bible does tell us about Mary's life is this, is that Mary was, was what made her special was that she trusted God. What made her special was her faith in God. Because we, we find in Scripture, when, when the angel appeared to Mary and told Mary God's plan for her life, that, that all of a sudden it says that Mary was confused and disturbed. In the, in the Greek, if you, you transliterate that out, or you get the definition of that, confused and, 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 and disturbed uh, means this, petrified, scared to death. So when all of a sudden she realized God's plan for her life, it brought Mary some fear. And that's normal. I mean, it's normal to have some healthy fear when God calls you, when God asks you to do something. And so if you're going to be used of God, there's going to be some fears that you're going to have to work through, just like with Mary. Uh, the fear of criticism. What will everybody think? What will everybody think at work? What will everybody think at the office? What will everybody think in the neighborhood? What will everybody think in my family? And so there, there, there's the fear of criticism, the, the fear of supernatural. There are some people that have a fear of the supernatural, a fear of miracles. There are some that believe God really doesn't do any miracles anymore. There's some he did in Acts, and he doesn't do that stuff anymore. And then there's the, the fear of inadequacy. I just don't think I, I have the gifts. I don't think I have the ability. I, I, or the, you may put it this way, the fear of failure. Or the fear of change, because if God's going to use you, 
it is going to change your life. It's going to change some things about your life. And so I just this morning want to give you just three things about if you want to have a merry Christmas, if you want to live a life like Mary to where you're used of God, then there's three things that, that, that you're going to have to do. There's three things that you're going to have to say. And the first is this. God uses people who desire to do his will. And God uses people who desire to do his will. Fact is, that's where it starts. In other words, you and I have to come to the place to where we say, you know what, God, I really desire I really desire your plan for my life. I really desire for you to use me. God, God I really I want your plan for my life and not my plan. And that, that God made you for a purpose, and God made me for a purpose, but, but, you, but he's not going to force it on you. He's not going to force his will on you. In other words, you have to choose. You have to choose his purpose for your life. And, and you could either say yes or you could say no. I mean, in other words, you can squander a life. You can, you can waste a life. Uh, you could never get on God's plan for your life. And God, God desires to use people who desire to do his will and to where people say, God, I really want you first in my life. I really want you a priority in my life. And so one day an angel shows up to Mary and says, Mary, I have a, a fantastic plan for your life. God's going to come to the earth in, in human form. And so that people can, can understand the character of God and who God is and, and the love of God and the redemption of God and all those other things. And, and Mary, he, he, he's going he's gonna to use your body as a vehicle to enter the world. Now, here, here's Mary's response in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. In other words, she immediately worshipped him. And she said, my, my, my soul magnifies the Lord. Listen, let me tell you something. Instead of worry, worship. Instead of panic, praise. And so Mary had all these fears, and the first thing she did is she just worshipped him. And the first thing she did is, says, you know what? My soul, my soul, mag and the fact is we've worshipped to that this morning. My soul magnifies the Lord. In other words, in other words, I want to make him larger in my life. Now listen, we can't make God any bigger than he already is, right? But our perspective can change. I mean, the way that we look at him can change. We cannot make God any bigger than he is, but sometimes in worship, man, our perspective begins to change and we realize how big he really is. And so she goes on, and my soul rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the, on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, for now on, all generations will call me blessed. So, so when God calls Mary, Mary didn't say, find somebody else. Uh, Mary didn't say, you know what, God, God you know, um, you can't use me. Uh, I, I mean, I've got a career to decide about. I've got ambitions to decide about. I've got all these hobbies. I've got, got all these things that I want to do. I mean, I've got my ambition. I've got my goals. I've got my dreams. I've got my schedule. And God, really and truly, that's not really convenient for my plan because that may encroach upon my plan. And so Mary says, you know what, God, find somebody else. Mary never said that. Uh, Mary could have declined to do God's will. Mary could have said no, but Mary said, Lord, my soul, and my soul magnifies the Lord. Lord, I, I want your will for my life. Listen, I'm telling you, God will, God will use you if you'll just allow him to. It's an unbelievable thing. I, I, uh, this year, Karen and I had a goal, and I wanted to attend every Christmas party uh, of our church, of all of our ministry leaders, all of our ministry areas. If they were having a Christmas party, I said, I'd like to crash it. I mean, uh, I, I just like to come. So you invite me. Uh, we did as many as we could. Those that were 
you know, on two nights, uh, two parties on the same night we weren't able to do. Uh, but Thursday night, we were at the children's ministry uh, party of all the, the, the ministry partners that serve in the children's ministry. And they were doing like this trivia deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, they were doing this trivia deal. And one of the statistics that they did that just really shocked me, they said, how many parents have we ministered to this last year? Unique parents. How many parents have we, have we ministered to this last year by ministering to their children over here, by holding babies, by teaching Bible study classes, all that? How many, have, how many parents have we ministered to that we have allowed them to go to a service, mom and dad, without any interruptions, without children, to hear the gospel and to make decisions and grow deeper in Christ. It was over a thousand. It's over a thousand. Man, I'm telling you what. God, God will use you. And, and Mary was that type of person. God, I, I just want to do your will. And I understand that it, it may change some things in my life. And there were two things about Mary that's so inter interesting about this. Is this, is, is she had enthusiasm and she had humility. The first thing she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. In other words, doing God's will wasn't grin and bear it for her. It wasn't, you know, there's some people, God's called them to do some stuff and they act like martyrs. Like, oh man, God called me to do this thing and I'm just, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to do it and I'm going to gut through it. Not Mary. Listen, no, nothing ever great was accomplished without enthusiasm, without passion. And Mary had great passion and she had great de desire. The other thing is this, is she had humility. Verse 8, verse 48, she says, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, for now on all generations will call me blessed. In other words, Mary was humble. I mean, when the angel came to Mary, Mary didn't look at the angel and says, Hey, wondering when you're going to get to me. You know, like I'm God's gift to the kingdom. I'm God's gift to the world. And I, I, I was wondering when you were going to choose me. See, that wasn't Mary. Mary had enthusiasm. And she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. But Mary was also humble. She had humility. In other words, she's that person who says, I, I, I can't believe you want to use me. I mean, I can't believe, I mean, you understand the humble state of your servant. And let me tell you something. None of us deserve to be used by God. All of our past, too dark. None of us have arrived, right? None of us are perfect. All of us have stuff we're still working through, Right? That's why it's called the Christian walk. That's why it's called a journey. Listen, we're all trophies of God's grace. Every one of us. And when someone understands that, there's power in that. To where someone understands that and says, you know what, I just cannot believe God's using me. I cannot believe God is using me. And so the first key, if you want God to work in your life, the first key is this, is coming to the place to where you really desire to do God's will, to where you just make yourself available to him. I mean, it's kind of funny, but this, this last week, uh, Karen and I have been working through this, and, and we, we refinanced our home. So we go down to the title company, you know, for the closing, and, and so uh, we're at this title company, and there's, a, there's a, a girl, lady, and she represents the title company, and our loan officer is, is, is there. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, you know, you're signing all those documents, you're going through, and all of a sudden the, the title lady gets to the place to where she realizes what I do for a living. And, uh, and so it's always, it's always funny to me. But anyway, 
so, so she goes, she just stops and she goes, oh my gosh, you're the pastor at Fellowship of the Rockies. And I go, yes, ma'am. And she says, I am so excited. I am. And then she reintroduces herself. And so we shake hands. We re-greet, all that other stuff. And she says, I'm so excited. I'm coming to your Christmas Eve service. I am coming. I cannot believe this. I am so excited. Such and such. She's telling me the story. Such and such invited me. I'm coming to your Christmas Eve uh, service. I've always wanted to come. I didn't want to go alone. And and she told us the whole story. And she says, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, that look in her face said, oh, no. What have I said to this guy up to this point? (laughs) It always happens. It always happens. Like, how many, you know, she didn't, but it's like they're going through, how many times did I cuss? You know, I should have never told him what I did Friday night and all of that other stuff. And so there's just this awkwardness. And I just looked at her and says, you're going through your mind making sure you didn't cuss before you knew I was a pastor. She says, absolutely. And so... It's okay. And so, uh, but I'm telling you, God will use you in your day-to-day life. God will use you if you will allow him to. And so the first key of God working in your life is being available, having some passion, being excited about it, doing God's work, will. Listen, let me tell you something. The greatest place for you and I to be is in the middle of God's will. I mean, it's an amazing thing when you can say, I cannot believe God just used me. I cannot believe I was a part of that. And then humility. David was, was said, a man after God's own will or after his own heart. And so he says in, in Psalm 48, he says, I delight. So here's his goal. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. In other words, you know, I take joy. I have passion to do your will. Uh, Paul would say in Corinthians, we just make it our, we make it our goal. We make it our goal to please God. We make it our goal to to do his will. We make it our goal to follow him. And so so maybe the question is, how do you know if you really want to do his will? How do you know you really want to follow him? The the question is this, are you listening to him? Are Are you life journaling? Are you daily opening up the holy scriptures and reading scriptures and applying them to your life and and taking them into your heart and willing to make adjustments in your life to whatever the scriptures tells you? Because I believe one of the reasons that God used Mary is because she had a listening ear. I really believe the secret to why God used Mary is found in Luke chapter 2 verse 19. Because Mary had this, had this ability, Mary had this desire, she had this listening ear. Watch this, Luke chapter 2, verse 19, it says this, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things. What are these things? That's the word of God. So Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them. That's an important word, pondering them in her heart. That word pondering in the Greek means to consider or to contemplate, to think about. In other words, to where life journaling for her wasn't just something she, she ticked off the list or it wasn't anything like that. It was something that she took to heart. I mean, I don't know how you life journal. I know how I life journal, but there's a lot of times I'll take a scripture and I'll, well, here's what, I, I have index cards everywhere, but I'll put it on an index card and I'll carry that scripture with me all day and oftentimes reading it and just pondering it and just thinking about it. I mean, in other words, when she was with the Lord, I mean, she wasn't distracted. I mean, I, man, I, don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but, but social media is changing the way we communicate. Uh, B'nai Brown is, is, um, is a, a researcher. I've read, read a lot of her books out of Rice University. And, and she says, you know, what, what's happening is because of social media is uh, we're dehumanizing the relationships around us. 
And a lot of times it's really hard when you're having a conversation with someone and, and you know what, they're carrying on text messages with everybody else and, and there's, 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 there's no eye contact. And we live in a world where people are more comfortable with conversations over text or Facebook or Twitter or, or, or whatever rather than face-to-face. I mean, you ever, you, you ever been talking to someone and you can't get eye contact? Or you get it for brief moments and it's on a screen and it's back and forth and they tell you, I, you know, they tell you, I, 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 can, I can listen to both. No, you can't. Research would say, no, you can't. And see, Mary, Mary had this ability. Mary had this ability to where she was completely focused on God. And she pondered those things in her heart and she pondered what God had for her. The second thing is this. If, if you want God to use you, this, the second thing is this. You're going to have to decide to pay the cost. In other words, there, there's a cost. And, 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 a, and a lot of times we don't talk about this in church. Uh, a lot of times we, we present the positive, and, 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 and there is. There's a lot of blessing in doing God's will. There's not a better place to be than in God's will. And, and God will bless your life, and he'll bless your relationships and, and, and everything else. But if you're going to do his will, there will be a cost because that's the reason some people don't. Because they don't want the cost. They don't want to change their schedule. They don't want to change their priorities. They don't, they don't want to really change anything. They, they want to do God's will as long as it's convenient to their schedule and to their priorities. And so, but with Mary, Mary decided to pay the cost. And, you know, in 2015, if you decided, you know what, I, I want to have a Merry Christmas. And I want to have a Merry kind of life. And I want to live a life to where in 2015, I grow closer to God. I grow closer to the scriptures. I, I desire to do his will. I'm willing to pay the cost. And I just want God to use me. And I want, I want to live a Christ-centered life. Then I promise you there'll be a cost. I promise you there's going to have to be some things that you, that, that you may have to give up. There may have to be some relationships you give up. There may have to be some priorities that you give up. There may have to be uh, uh, some activities you have to give up. You may have to change your schedule. There may be some risks that you're going to have to take. You may have to step out on faith like Mary did. But here's, here's God's plan for Mary's life in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And then here's Mary's response in, in verse 38. And Mary desired to, to do God's will. And, and verse 38, and the, verse, the scripture says, And Mary said, Behold, here we go again. I am, man, I'm a servant of the Lord. I serve him, and I serve him. The children's ministers who ministered to over a 1,000 parents in our church, not including the children they minister to, ultimately, you know who they're serving? They're not serving those children. They're not serving those parents. They're not serving this church. They're serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. It's interesting, um, Saturday afternoon, our, our junior high and high school life groups got together. And this was something that was pretty much inst, uh, instigated by them, and, and they planned it. Uh, but Pastor Nate sent me a, a text message uh, Saturday just to let me know. And, and so the junior high and high school life groups got together. And there's an area that a lot of our life groups are involved in that, that we're feeding the homeless. 
and we go down. It's just really, it's just a really cool ministry. Uh, our life group has done it several times, and many of you, if you're, you probably have done it as well. And so down at Mineral Palace Park, and so uh, our students got together, and, and they decided God was leading them to, to give the, that homeless community a, a Christmas party. So they prepared the food, they got a bunch of gifts together, and they served over a hundred homeless people on Saturday. And they gave them presents and gifts and, and everything else. And I mean, and that's our junior high and high school kids. I'm telling you, you, you know who they were serving? They weren't serving the homeless. The homeless were, 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 were the benefactors. Uh, but you know who they were serving? They were serving the Lord. See, they understood that, they got that. I mean, I mean, it changes everything. It changes everything in your life. It changes everything in your ministry to where you really realize, I am not serving people. I am, I am serving the Lord, and I am doing this because God has called me to do this, and that was Mary. And Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. And then this is just important. Listen, this is like underlined and asterisked and highlighted in my Bible. And then the phrase is, watch this, Let it be to me according to your word. That's how you have a merry kind of Christmas. That's how you have a merry kind of life. Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Whatever your word says, let me do it. Let, let me line up my marriage. Let me line up my relationships. Let me line up my ministry. And then it says, and the, the angel of the Lord departed from her. In other words, Mary was saying, when she said, let it be to me according to your word, Mary was saying this. Mary said, I want to serve you, and, and I want it to include every area of my life. And so what does that include? That includes everything. And yeah, it's risky. Yeah, there's risk. I mean, just for a second, because so many times we hear the Christmas story. If we're not careful, we've heard the Christmas story so many times, we put ourselves over the story rather than in the story. And it's so important when you look at Scripture that you place yourself in the story so that you kind of understand what they went through. And so when you start looking at some of the things that it cost Mary, the first thing it cost Mary, it cost her a reputation. I mean, she, she's single. She's a virgin. She's engaged. And now, now she's pregnant. And she's telling people, I haven't been with a man. And the Father is going to be the Messiah. It's going to be, it's going to be God. And you say, well, wait a minute. She gave birth to the Messiah. She gave birth to Jesus Christ. But hold on. In the story, it was 30 years before Jesus ever did his first earthly ministry. It was 30 years that she lived before he ever validated his ministry. Even when Jesus Christ went to the cross, not everybody believed him. Not everybody believed Mary. So I'm telling you, the first thing that Mary gave up, Mary gave up her reputation. Can you imagine what people were saying in the neighborhood? Poor Mary and Joseph, they're just so dysfunctional. She's pregnant. And Joseph's not the dad. And the baby's going to be God. Would you believe that? I mean, it cost her her reputation. In other words, she had to give up her reputation because nobody believed her. It could cost you your reputation, whether it's at the office, the school, a neighborhood. If you're going to live life differently and follow him. And, and, and the point is, is this. If you're going to have a merry kind of Christmas, you're going to have a merry kind of life, you've got to say, 
God, I want your will for my life. The other thing that it cost her, it cost her her comfort. I mean, Mary is, is young and, and, and she's pregnant and she's in, in, uh, in Nazareth and, and uh, she, she's in Nazareth and, and, and the baby is to be born in Bethlehem and so she travels on a donkey when she's, when she's like nine months pregnant. You think that was comfortable? I mean, that had to be uncomfortable. And then, and then it wasn't easy. And then instead of God sending wise women to help, he sent wise men. I mean, can you imagine how different the birth of Jesus would have been if God had sent wise women instead of wise men? Uh, I mean, here, here's just some things. If, if it had been wise women instead of wise men, the women would have stopped and asked for directions. As a result, they would have arrived early. They would have gotten there early. They would have cleaned up the barn so the barn no longer looked like a barn. They would have thrown Mary and Joseph a baby shower so they'd have enough gifts and then they would have organized the, all the ladies in the, in the neighborhood so that they'd have meals for Mary and Joseph for like the next six weeks. I mean, it would have been totally different, right? And not only that, when Jesus is born, they get word that the king wants to kill him. And so they have to flee. They have to flee to Egypt. Now listen, let me tell you something. God's purpose for your life and God's purpose for my life includes problems. Problems are a part of it. I mean, just because you're on God's plan and just because you do God's will and just because you desire to do His will and just because you desire to pay the cost doesn't mean you and I are going to live a problem-free life. I mean, Jesus was very upfront about the cost, right? Hey, count the cost before you follow me. No one that is not willing to, to carry my cross cannot be my disciple. Can you imagine some of the fears Mary had? I, I, man, I'm a, I'm a teenager. And I'm about ready to raise the Messiah. And Dobson wasn't even around back then. There was like no help. And Paul said this. Paul said in Philippians 3, 7, Paul said when he looked back on his life, he says, but whatever gain I had, I count as loss. All those earthly gains, all that stuff I had to give up, I just count as loss. For the sake of Christ. And so if you're willing to be used, if you're willing to have a merry kind of Christmas, I'm telling you, there will be some problems. There will be some difficulty. And, and those problems in my life have caused me to lean more into God. Have, listen, have caused me to trust in God at a deeper level. Because there's something about the pressures of life. There's something about problems to where we realize, you know what? I can't fix it. I don't have an answer. I don't understand. That cause us to press into him. The third and the last thing, if God's going to use you, if you're going to have a merry kind of Christmas, is this, is you have to dare to trust in his promises. In other words, you have to dare to trust in his promises. You have to dare to trust in his word. Because people of faith have to walk in courage. And let me, let me just tell you, so we're, we're tracking. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is this. Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fears. Courage is moving ahead in, sp in spite of your, 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 your concerns. In other words, courage is this. Courage is the willingness to face your fear. Whether it's the fear of change, whether it's the fear of inadequacy, whether it's, whether it's, uh, whether it's any of those fears. Fear, uh, uh, whether it's any of those fears, courage is this issue of willing to, to step out in faith and, and, and walk in spite of your fears. Verse 34 of Luke chapter 1, And Mary said to the angel, 
How will this be since I'm, an angel, uh, since I'm a virgin? So she, she has fears. She has concerns. She has questions. And the, God, and, and the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy for the Son of God. And then if you jump down to verse 37, the Scripture says this, For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. Nothing will be impossible with God. In other words, God made a promise to her. God uses people that are willing to trust his promises. God uses people that are willing just to trust his word. I mean, God did miracles in, in Mary's life. And Mary had every reason to be worried. But when you see Mary's life, you see that when she had fear, when she had worry, she worshipped and she worshipped him and she magnified him. In other words, she changed her perspective of him and she understood and she got it. She said, you know what? Nothing. Nothing in my life, not, listen, nothing in your life will be impossible with God. Yeah, you're going to have some problems. Yeah, you're going to have some difficulty. But I'm telling you, when you're on God's plan, nothing will be impossible by him. I've told the story a lot, and well, not this particular story, but about my background, that, that we, we weren't really raised in church. And, but every, every Christmas, I mean, I'm sorry, every Easter uh, it was required in our house that we watch the Ten Commandments. Uh, that was like church to us. And so, so and, and we watched the biblical, godly form of the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. I mean, that's, I mean, that was a real deal, right? I mean, those of you, you remember that. Charlton, it, that was a real deal. And so, uh, and so, you know, remember the Parting of the Red Sea in that movie? And, and we go back and look at it now, and the Parting of the Red Sea, when that movie was done, that's kind of cheesy, right? I mean, it's just kind of cheesy. But I read, just recently read a story. It took the Hollywood producers 18 months to plan and stage the shooting of that one scene of splitting of the Red Sea. And God did it like that. And God would do it like that in your life. But you have to come to the place. I mean, when you look at, when you look at that whole Exodus story, they're headed to the Red Sea, and it doesn't even make sense, but they trusted in his promises. They trusted that, God, you're leading us. There's a, there's a, there's a biblical principle, and the principle is this. God's will is always met by God's provisions. God's will always met by his provisions. Verse 45, and so, so and blessed is she who believed Blessed is she who believed in his word, who believed in his promises, that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. In other words, in other words, she came to this place in her life and she said, she said God, I, I desire to do your will. I'm willing to pay the cost, whatever that looks like. And Lord, I'm going to trust in your word and I'm going to trust in your promises. And I'm going to believe that what you've said to me is going to be fulfilled. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know the timing of that, but I'm just, I just, I just believe. Men, this morning, I wish every one of you a Mary, M-A-R-Y kind of life. I wish you a Merry Christmas. And the question is, are you willing? Men, are you willing? Can you come to the place where you say, you know, I just can't stand another day without living in his will, without serving him, 
without magnifying him in my life. And it all starts, it all starts with a desire. All starts with a desire. I'm telling you, and you can trust in his promises. This church, living proof of that. This church, living proof. God's will is always met by God's provisions. And you can trust in his word, and you serve him. And I wish you a Merry Christmas. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Let me ask you this morning, what is God saying to you as a result of this message? More importantly, how, do, how does God want you to respond? Because there's a, there's a response for every one of us. There was, there was a response for Mary. When, when God spoke to Mary, there, there's like this response, and there's this response required. And no response is a response. But there's a response required. And so I'm asking this morning, do you know Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Because I'm telling you, he did not send his son to the world so that we could just give gifts, go deeper into debt, sing a few carols, and it not impact our life. He sent a son into this world so that we have a relationship with him. Have you done that? Have you entered into a relationship with him and asked him to come into your life to forgive you of your sins? Maybe you're a believer. Are you living a merry kind of life where you desire to do his will? You're just willing to pay the cost. You're willing to serve him even though it may be uncomfortable, even though it may change your schedule, even though it may not be the most convenient thing to do at times, but to where there's just enthusiasm and there's passion about just, just following him and just serving him to know that you're part of something bigger than, than yourself and then just trust in his promises. Maybe some of you, you, you need to trust in his promises, whether it's for your marriage, whether it's for relationships, whether it's someone around you that's far from him. Maybe today, maybe you just need to trust in his promises. Scott, I trust you. I just trust you. And it's going to happen just as your word says. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I, I just need, I need prayer. I'm just carrying a burden that I cannot pray, uh, carry. I just won't pray. We want to pray for you. Just a few minutes, I'm going to pray. And as we stand, if you're carrying a burden, if you know God would like for you to receive prayer, if you want to respond, we want you to respond. So after I pray, we're going to stand up. As we stand up and you need prayer, you just step out, begin making your way down to the front. You're not going to have to walk along. People will be walking with you. We'll have some prayer partners down here. Just tell them your name, how they can pray for you. They'd love to pray for you. Allow us to minister to you. Allow us to lift that burden. We have story after story what God has done in the front of this place we've just humbled ourselves and prayed. So if you need prayer, you come in just a few moments. Father, we thank you again for today. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you that you desire to use us and you desire to have a relationship with us. And so, Father, by the power of your word, by the power of your name, would you pull this church very close to you? Father, would people respond to you? Would burdens be lifted? Would prayers be answered? Would they just know that they just met with you? So we look forward to see what you're going to do, for we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.